Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and then we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and we pray that in joining us, you will gain insight and wisdom and courage that you might need to have these conversations with your own kids. So here we are in the midst of a series on the Beatitudes. We tried to do one show on the Beatitudes, and it was sort of ridiculous. We just ran out of time, and there was too much to talk about. So we decided to break it all down. Um, into eight different episodes. And so here we are at the fifth beatitude, which as it turns down, we've had to break down into two different episodes because <laughs> there's just too much to talk about. So welcome to fifth beatitude, part one. Are you thoroughly confused? We will, we will try to keep it simple here. But um, one of the things we've been focusing on in regard to the Beatitudes is, uh, as the Catechism states, that they are the paradoxical promises that sustain hope in the midst of tribulations. They seem on the surface to be paradoxical, but um, in light of God's promise for us, we know that they are full of truth, full of beauty, full of hope. So here we go with number five, and I'd like to welcome our guests to the show today. Why don't you tell us your name and where you go to school? I'm Kira, and I go to Bishop Hartley. I'm Talia, and I go to Hartley as well. Well, welcome, Kira and Talia. Welcome back, Kira. Welcome for the first time, Talia. We're happy to have you. Um, When you hear, so the fifth beatitude is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So when you hear the word mercy, what images or words or phrases pop into your heads? Divine mercy, Jesus. Referring to St. Faustina's um, art. Probably compassion. I would just say unconditional love, no matter what the cost. Similar to Kira, I think that it's a fine line between the mercy and love because they just have so many um, overlapping characteristics, really. Uh, but unique to mercy, I think, is the healing nature of that love uh, and what it brings in terms of that healing. Beautiful. <laughs> Those are both beautifully stated expressions. Um, I, I was pondering mercy, and I was, I, I kind of think there are, well, there are many facets to mercy, but two different directions people go when they think of mercy, other than the directions you girls both just went, which, which were elevated, I would say. But in very simple terms, mercy as compassion and mercy as forgiveness. Um, and not that they're different, you know, not that they're exclusive, but I think that they are sort of two different facets of mercy. So that's why I said we're breaking this beatitude down into two different episodes, because today I want to focus on mercy as compassion. And then next week, we'll focus on mercy as forgiveness. But uh, so regarding compassion, what are some situations in our culture today that require us to be compassionate? I would say in everyday life, just the faults that humans constantly go through, 
just the little things to the big things that constantly require um, compassion, not only from our Lord, but also from a human standpoint as well to each other. Can you, are, do you have any examples of what you're talking about? Just putting faults within friendships and relationships and hindering things like that. Uh, that's mainly what I was okay. referring to. For me, it's really empathizing, um, both in, like Kira was saying, in your daily life uh, with situations that you might not be familiar with, whether it's um, another a friend who's going through like family issues that you haven't experienced before, or whether it's seeing a homeless person on the street and uh, your heart just goes out to that person and you need that compassion. So speaking of your heart going out to that person, are you feeling, you know, feeling a certain way for people? Is that what is compassion merely like a stirring of emotions or does it in order to re to be true compassion? Does it require action? I would say it requires action because the root word of compassion is compassio, and that means to suffer with. And so in order, I think, to have true compassion, you have to be able and be willing to suffer with someone through their struggles and temptations. And Which they're going through. might take you out of your comfort zone in whatever way. Yeah. Um, so who do you feel compassion for? Like, is there a... Who stirs you to act? Who stirs you into action? You know, your compassion for those pre- for those persons or for those groups of people or for... For me, I feel compassion uh, in one sense for the lost or whenever I become frustrated with someone because I don't think they are on the same page as me, they're not understanding or they're just completely, in my uh, in my perspective, off the deep end or something like that. I have to remind myself to, like, to feel compassion for that person. Are you talking about like morally or spiritually or? Yes, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When we're just uh, on two abs- absolutely opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. and trying to have that conversation. Um, the mindsets, what, when just confusion and things like that, I, I feel compassion for that. Which is a beautiful gift because... Many of us just feel frustration or even anger or bitterness or judgment or so to pray for compassion for that person in that situation. That's that's very graceful. What about you, Kira? Who who do you feel compassion for? I agree with Talia in a sense that I know we've had that conversation with each other multiple times. Um, Compassion for uh, the ignorant, but also those who have never had the chance to. Yeah, the ignorant. But those who know the truth, but are just shying away from it, I guess you would say. But also, um, I think parents who don't always, I know we have great youth ministry programs going on in our diocese in great ways that um, the youth can be reached out to. But I feel sometimes that uh, we see things in a different light than our parents do. So I think sometimes I feel compassion towards my parents or other parents who haven't been able to see things in the same light that we as a youth have. Maybe because of that. I mean, in your parents' generation, which would be my generation, <laughs> we were all sort of in this post-Vatican II <laughs> confusion. <laughs> Nobody quite knew what to teach or how to teach yeah. it or what. Yeah. And so I think that we have this whole generation of adults who, um, didn't get 
the catechesis that you got, you know, now there's this resurgence of awesome youth ministry, you know, if you're willing to take advantage of it and it's authentic and it's, and it's traditional and it's genuine and it's true, you know, um, but you're right. A lot of our, the parents of your generation are, for lack of a better word, behind where you guys are theologically and spiritually, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we didn't get that in our in our formative years. So we're we're trying to catch up with you, which is which is awesome. I mean, it's awesome that we have to catch up with our kids spiritually. It's a good challenge for parents to have. Um, well, in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter twenty five, this is where Jesus separates the sheep from the goats and says, you know, uh, you sheep come with me because you clothed the naked and you fed the hungry and you, et cetera, et cetera. And you goats, sorry, you don't get to come because you didn't do these things. And this is a familiar story, but, um, and, and they say, Lord, when did we see you naked and clothe you? When did we see you hungry and feed you? And he explains that when you did this for others, you did it for me. So, um, Based on that and many other scripture verses, we've pieced together a formula, so to speak, for mercy, um, kind of a two-part formula, the corporal works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy. And to simplify it incredibly, like this is to, this is like works of mercy for dummies, not that our listeners are dummies, because of course you are not, but it's an incredi- incredibly simplified version. The corporal works of mercy deal more with mercy as compassion, Whereas the spiritual works of mercy deal more with mercy as forgiveness. Um, so since we're talking about compassion today, I want to talk about the corporal works of mercy and talk to you girls about how you see these in your world, how you um, practice these in your lives, um, how maybe we don't practice them in our lives. Uh, so there are um, seven of them as of Of course, all good things come in lists of seven, right? But the first one is to feed the hungry. So I'm wondering if you personally have ever had the opportunity to feed someone who was hungry. And what, if so, what was that opportunity? Where were you? Who was the, who was the hungry person? What were they hungry for? That kind of thing. Well, in a very literal sense, uh, my family, it's actually getting close to Thanksgiving. And every year, the day after Thanksgiving, we're lucky enough to get with a group of our family friends. And we all cook all day and then go down to a homeless shelter downtown. And we're fortunate enough to be able to uh, not only give them Thanksgiving dinner, but just foster community with them, be able to spend time with them and really learn from them. And that is something that's so, so incredible to be able to do. And it's completely open to everyone. Um, You know, homeless shelters um, and food soup kitchens are always looking for help. So it's definitely not an exclusive thing. Like we have no excuse to not be doing these works of mercy. And it's the easiest way to feed the hungry too, because the system is in place. All you have to do is plug in. Yeah. Yeah. And literal interpretations of these are fine because I think Christ meant them literally (laughs) feed people who are hungry, you know, um, Talia, did you want to add anything to that? Any of your experiences with feeding people who were hungry? Well, yes. Yeah, similarly to Kira, just, well, we, I, I've been involved with the Gehanna Summer Lunch Program, um, volunteering with that. And that is just helping to prepare the meals and serve them out to youth and children 
throughout the summer when they don't get those school lunches uh, every day. And for me, that's just really a reminder of how blessed we are to have food on our table every night uh, and the importance of sharing meals with, with a community, with each other. What sort of responses have you seen from people who you are feeding? Do you get to do you get to interact with the kids who receive the summer lunches, Talia? Yes, we do. And additionally, we have we play games for them, and then we interact with them after they finish eating. Um, some are just in their own little world, but uh, the large majority, whether it's just a quiet gratitude or energetic excitement, uh, just you know, mac and cheese. Who doesn't love that, you know? And just seeing the joy that they can find in the littlest things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so incredible to see how they can. It's like a, a new mindset, really. It's a new outlook on life because you see all the little blessings throughout your day. Right, because you get lunch every day. I mean, right. whether you're hungry or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So to stop and look back, take a step back and say, these kids are so happy to have lunch, which I take for granted every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Kira, any interactions just, with people that you've been able to feed? or? Yeah, I'm more with the circumstance that I shared. It's definitely the adult crowd. Um, it's an all-men shelter. And... I would just say an abundance of thankfulness, Um, whether it's shown through a smile or actually a physical form of thankfulness, a hug, or just being able to share in conversation with them and then really entering into it. Uh, There's so many forms of thankfulness that you can see, but just it's just a feeling that's in the air almost. And Mm -hmm. it is very gratifying. And I think the fact that your whole family is there is a good, is a beautiful witness. I think people love to see families engaged in those sorts of things. Yeah, because they know you're not there getting service hours for something or doing community service because you're in trouble or something like that. It's a, yeah. (laughs) Um, The second corporal work of mercy, today we're focusing on mercy as compassion. So we're looking at the corporal works of mercy. And the second one is give drink to the thirsty. So I didn't know if you if you are aware of any concrete ways that people are carrying out this corporal work of mercy, if you've been able to ever participate in something along these lines. I personally have not. However, I have known people who are interacting with organizations that are working to fund uh, clean water Mm -hmm. uh, through some less fortunate parts of the world in Africa and things like that. And, being able just to hear some of the things that they're doing is incredible. Um, the ways that they're doing things and just the uh, ways that they're changing these people's lives and furthering their lives is great. With something as simple as clean water, mm-hmm. which we take, again, take for granted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With the water, it's just incredible. Even as a, on a molecular level, as a molecule, um, Looking at that from a biology standpoint, it's incredible. And it's just so essential for everything we do throughout our day and throughout our lives. Um, Showering, drinking. (laughs) Right. You know, it's it's just... um, And so having clean water, again, just another blessing that we don't even realize. And the thirst, helping to quench that thirst, both in the physical sense and also... 
in the non-physical sense. Just I think that word can be used in so many different ways and how Jesus said from the cross, I thirst mm-hmm. and that thirst for souls. And so I think all around us in the world, a lot of us are just really thirsting. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Kira and Talia, and we're talking about uh, the fifth beatitude. We're talking about mercy, and we're going through the corporal works of mercy and talking about how how we live these out each day or how we see them lived out. The th- we're up to number three, which is clothe the naked. I didn't know if either of you had ever been involved in clothing drives or worked at St. Vincent de Paul or anything specific that you would tie to this this particular corporal work of mercy. I know our school um, gives us multiple opportunities in order to be involved with this uh, specific one. Uh, St. Vincent de Paul is one of them. And then Joseph's Coat mm-hmm. is that one. Yeah, we have a service fair every year, and they're typically always there and always offering up service and definitely in need of service. So that's another one that's really great. Hartley does a great job, too, of uh, encouraging service in mm-hmm. in the yeah. students. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure for some kids it's just like, oh, this is a requirement that I have to complete to graduate. But you get to have a exposure to a lot of different opportunities to live out these corporal works of mercy. Um, okay, we're, we're going to move on to number four, which is harbor the harborless. And we've sort of modified this to uh, give shelter the, to the homeless. But I think this deals not only with homelessness, but with immigration or with teens who get kicked out of their homes or uh, mental illness that keeps people from being able to have stable housing. Um, anyone who doesn't have anywhere else to go, have have you or your family had any opportunities to harbor the harborless or give shelter to the homeless? I know that when I was growing up, we several times had a young, pregnant single mother living at our home, different, different women, you know, that my parents would just take in because they had been kicked out of their family's homes or whatever and harboring the young woman and her unborn child, you know, so that they could have nutrition and safety and security during that time. So I didn't know if you had any experiences with any harboring. Not in that sense, even though I think that's, that must've been an incredible experience. Uh, for me, I take a service trip every summer down to the Appalachia area in Ohio and near the Portsmouth region. And it's a very hands-on, actually, like, repairing homes, building, things like that. Um, so we, tying in the last one and this one, this past summer I worked on siding and painting a clothing barn which was their kind of, if we're familiar with the Bishop Griffin Center, it, it was kind of their version of that. Uh, but it was a very run-down area. So it was it was a group of youth, and we're kind of, some of us are more experienced in the building than others, <laughs> but uh, we're learning along the way, and then we were able to build that for them. That's a great example. Yeah, actually physically providing shelter. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, number five, visit the sick. This can, there are a lot of people who are sick, right? Mm-hmm. In all different senses. So I didn't know what your experiences with this have been. Well, um, there has been cancer in my family, a lot of it. So I guess I would take that in the literal sense again. 
being at the hospital a lot with um, both of my parents, um, which was actually an incredible time because I think um, even going to nursing homes and things like that, visiting with um, nursing home patients or family members in the hospital, you get to experience not only being there for them with a great amount of compassion, but also the community that's there, which is typically, if you're at a good place, um, so hopeful and beautiful. And the people you can meet there are so wise and you can learn so much from it. So I think sometimes in these works of mercy, we're gaining more than we could ever imagine, more than we're ever giving away. And it's so great. Which, again, is going back to in the opening, I was talking about the paradox of the Beatitudes. That's, you know, we we look at these tasks, we might see them as tasks. Okay, I've got to do all of these things, you know, but you're right. The graces and the blessings we receive in doing these always, always outweigh whatever effort we have to put into them. That's something when I work with teenagers all the time in these different, you know, different service capacities. And every single time we get done with something, they say, I got so much more out of it than I put into it. It's like God just knew what he was doing, you know, <laughs> when he when he set up this formula. Um, number six, ransom the captive, which is also known as visit the imprisoned. And unfortunately, we as a human race have a long history of enslaving each other, right? We think of obvious examples of historical slavery, you know, and more modern examples of human trafficking and modern slavery. But this might also relate to paying fair wages, you know, not enslaving people in work so that they have to work 20 hour days. You know, it might also relate to domestic abuse situations, people who are enslaved in their own homes, uh, mental illness, people who are enslaved in their bodies, eating disorders, you know, anything that enslaves people and anyone who is enslaved by anything. So I didn't know if you'd ever had the opportunity to help someone who was enslaved, or do you know of any programs that specifically work to help people break bonds of slavery? I mean, when I think of enslavement, the one word I that comes to mind is just sin, you know? So I, in that sense, it's a very uh, open, broad uh, topic. But I think the main thing for me is just the one-on-one encounters and not necessarily counseling because we're both sharing with each other and helping each other along, but having that faith journey with someone else and helping uh, break those chains of enslavement of sin mm. and uh, helping each other through that process is how I see it in my own life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know Talia and I have been able to go on retreats together or lead retreats together. And I think um, just going to one or leading one, you're able to kind of break that bondage um, by getting yourself closer to the Lord, not only, but also building a community of people and having people help you. So I think um, even with healthy, good relationships between friends, um, that is constantly um, helping us get out of our enslavement and really bringing us into the light. See, and that's not so hard, right? To have good friends and just be a good friend, right? Um and then number seven is bury the dead. And, you know, this isn't necessarily calling us to bring our shovels to the graveyard, right? right. When, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know for me, um, I get to sing at a lot of funerals at our church. And, and I feel like that is an opportunity for me to participate in this particular corporal work of mercy. So um, any other ideas come to mind? 
Praying at the abortion clinics, I think, is a big a one. one. Absolutely. Especially in this time. I read a I read a uh, editorial once that the title was always go to the funeral and it's just about how sometimes we debate ah oh, should I go should I not you know can I get out of work can I you know and the bottom line is go just always go to the funeral <laughs> you're just gonna I mean unless there's some scandal or something you're gonna provide comfort to the family so um, I think the important thing the reason I wanted to talk about this is because the important thing is to remember that it's not hard to live. The corporal works of mercy. It seems hard. It seems overwhelming sometimes. It seems like it's something else we just have to make time for. But you guys presented great examples of just kind of day-to-day interactions where we are living out our, our duty to be merciful and to be compassionate. So I thought I'd close with a reading from Luke chapter 10. We'll use this as our closing prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Many support a woman's right to choose, but sadly, few know the consequences of those choices. The Catholic Medical Association supports your right to know. Women who have had an abortion are at higher risk for complications in future pregnancies, especially premature birth and low birth weight of their children. This puts their babies at risk for breathing problems, feeding problems, infections, heart problems, anemia, and eye problems. To find out more, visit cathmed.org.